0: All right, welcome back to another episode of running through the a today we have women's basketball coach mike neighbors how are you today
1: i'm
2: doing good how are you
0: we're good we're good
1: i was just telling before this i was just telling coach neighbors how it's his christmas tree and he's got a guitar back there I'm
2: I, I like uh, this to be a homey place uh, i'm in here quite a bit so it never feel like home
1: yeah i love it i love it
2: all right coach so let's
1: start um Let's start at the beginning. Growing up, um, what sports did you play? Let's start there.
2: Everything. Uh, Everything. We, I mean, we made games up. Um, I lived in a neighborhood that had uh, a lot of people that parents believed in putting them outside to play all day, you know, from the time we woke up until well after dark. So uh, any anything that involved a ball, and sometimes we couldn't find a ball, we'd make up other games. So uh, just about any organized sport you can imagine. Um, We didn't have basketball in Greenwood until fourth grade. Uh, So I would, I guess baseball was probably the first organized sport I ever started playing with T-ball, probably around, you know, eight or nine years old. Uh, But by the time we got there, I, you know, I, I mean, I knew the rules. I knew all those things. So uh, just about any sport, I was terrible at swimming. So I would tell you that that was probably the only sport I've never competed in against somebody uh, that was, On a team, you know, I'd swim against friends and cousins, but I was so bad at it that I just got (laughs) out of that one. But uh, in high school, my favorite sport to play is baseball. Uh, I loved playing it. If I didn't like coaching it as much, Uh, I started. I coached a little baseball for a while, but um, the organ. The sports I played in high school. I played football in junior high. Then I played basketball, baseball, tennis uh in in high school so I yeah, did do
1: it all huh?
2: well i mean not all <laughs> but uh but I, I tried it i dabbled i was i was good at a lot of things and great at nothing you, know? <laughs> you actually tried out uh baseball at arkansas didn't you i did uh, <laughs> coach coach DeBrien had a walk-on tryout i'd i'd played at arkansas fort smith for a friend of his uh coach crowder uh, and he encouraged us to go try out and he set that up with coach to and and I went out and gave it a, Brian, gave yeah. it a wing, but it, it didn't, it didn't work out for me. I, I ran out of talent long before <laughs> I ran out of desire. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I guess, how did you get into coaching?
1: What, when did that start? Yeah.
2: Um, so I was going to school. I wanted to be a vet. Um, I thought that was why I loved animals and thought that was what I wanted to do. My, everybody in my family was in the education field, uh, mainly high school coaches, teachers, principals, superintendents, librarians, you name it. They were all involved in the schools. So like I had a little pot of cousins and we all kind of said to each other, like, let's do something other than go to be a, involved in schools. Uh, and ironically, I'm the only one that did, but they're all doctors and, and, and all kinds of things. But, Um, so I wanted to be a vet and I went to school for that. I I took a bunch of sciences and chemistries and got ready to do an internship. And I realized that part of the job of a veterinarian is putting animals down when you can't save them. I I couldn't make it through that part of the (laughs) deal breaker it was a deal breaker for me. So I went back and met with my advisor, you know, I went to school here. So I went, I went over to, um, my advisor and said, Hey, what can I do? And they said, well, you, you've got enough credit hours to teach, uh, high school science and chemistry and biology. You'd probably just need, you know, maybe a semester or two and do a student teaching and and you could be a, a high school teacher and a coach. So it kind of found me, I guess. Um, you know, coaching found me, and I was doing my student teaching. <clears throat> I did it at Bentonville High School, and I got really lucky that I got in with uh, a couple of coaches who uh, really got me ready and gave me a lot of responsibility. And I, I got hired while I was doing my student teaching, so I I went right in with a job there. And my, so my first at Bentonville school, Bentonville High School, yeah. Was that teach Was that coaching guys or girls? Well, neither to start. Okay, <laughs> I was the. <laughs> Because I was the youngest coach and I got hired late, I was the swim coach. Um, which, again, I just told you I can't swim, so that's kind of funny oh,
1: in right. of itself. Uh,
2: and also because the swim team practiced year-round from 4.30 a.m. until 7 a.m. every day, uh, <clears throat> four days a week, all the way through the year. Nobody, None of the other older coaches wanted to do that. And then I coached tennis as well, boys and girls tennis. Did really? And, and I volunteered. I did volunteer to help with the the high school boys. Um so I was working with them. I was working with them my first year. And that's basketball. Yeah. And then the 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 women, the girls coach, uh resigned at Christmas. He was retiring and he had enough sick days that he built him up. So he just didn't come back after the Christmas break. Um and they offered that they opened the job up and I was actually part of the hiring committee. I, I used to tour some of the people around that were interviewing for the job. And it was a lot of, a lot of heavy hitters coming through there, but nobody took the job. And our principal told me that I was going to be the girls coach. And how old were you then? 24.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah. And um, I said, so, no, 20- I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And he goes, well, yeah, you are. If you want to work <laughs> here, you're going to, you're going to do that. So, there it was. And I fell in love with it. We went one in twenty-four that year too. We had a, had a heck of a year, uh, winning winning only one game. But I fell in love coaching, coaching uh, uh, girls basketball, and and coached in high school for another six years after that. Before Coach Blair hired me here as the director of ops, right?
1: So that was so after Russellville, you came. You were back here,
2: Bentonville. Now, Bentonville. I, I said Bentonville. Uh, coached at Bentonville. Uh, we got better. That team was one in twenty-four. The, the kids that were sophomores on that team, we played for a state title their senior year. So we kind of turned it around pretty quick. Uh, there you go. I did a little recruit, recruit, creative recruiting with Walmart. Uh, Walmart's help. Uh, how did that? How did that? What do you I, mean? About I don't that? Know, What's the statute of limitations on high school recruiting? <laughs> I think you're good. I'm good. Yeah. Well, I just, I didn't, I didn't like going one in twenty-four. And I just hap- happened to mention to one of my parents who was up and coming, I said, surely there's somebody across the country that's got a daughter that's like 6'3 or 6'4, works in the jewelry department, you know, <laughs> somewhere in Walmart, right? That we up here, and about a week later, this guy called me and said, well, I found you one for every position, and we, we brought a few move-ins in, and we got a little better. But it was mainly, it was mainly yeah. local kids. I mean, it wasn't all recruited; was Transfer portal. You know, it was a thing back then in the late nineties, uh, ninety four. It was not. Let's see what had that then. That'd been, that been ninety four. Uh, we had so you the, have experience with uh, that. Bro, we i was on
0: Walmart in, nils.
2: Yeah, I yeah. That was one thing I, I told Coach Larry. So well, you don't have any experience recruiting? And I said, well, uh, maybe, maybe not, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. not. But um, that's how that all worked out. But yeah, I, I coached there for for five years, and then I, I moved to Cabot for one year. I uh, coached there 99 in 98-99, and that was the summer that Coach Blair hired me here uh, at Arkansas as his director of ops.
0: So what did your job entail as the director of ops?
2: <laughs> well, my first job was to make sure he had Diet Coke every day uh, at the office and at practice <laughs> and everything. So I, I had a really wise pawpaw that told me one time, you know, pick up a broom and don't be afraid to do whatever anybody asks you to do, but whatever you're doing, be great at it. So I said, I coached, I said, do you, do you want Sonic ice or do you want Seven Eleven ice or do you want Wendy's ice? And you want it in a can or do you want it out of the fountain? So I I went all in, that was my, my first real job. Then I started driving him around back then, you know, only certain coaches could travel, but anybody could drive him. So I would drive him to across the state to watch different players and, now, was that was that an ego check, though? Going oh, from that head- massive. <laughs> oh, yeah. That had to have been going from head coach to diet coke boy. Yeah, and that was one of the more glamorous jobs. That's the one I'm talking about. I didn't even talk about the ones that weren't glamorous. But <laughs> No, it was a massive ego blow because we'd had some pretty successful high school teams. Our team at Cabin, we'd gone to the state tournament, and I had friends mm-hmm. and uh, ego, and you know, everybody said, oh, you're going to go work at the university, huh? Well, what are you doing? And I think you know, I, I I think they all thought I was going to be on the bench coaching and out there running drills and drawing up <laughs> plays, and they figured that out pretty quick when they started calling me to get on the pass list for the turn the pass list in and stuff like that. But That's it was nice. it, it was a massive blow to I I like to think I didn't have much of an ego to to lose, but I, I know I did. It was hard for a while, but um, you know, and I just said this to somebody the other day. My papa was very good at teaching us about delayed gratification, okay. and it's something. If if I could give a young person one thing, it would be that delayed gratification. And I knew I knew I was going to do a lot of things that were you know bottom of the chain, bottom of the ladder. Uh, I, t- I also took us. I, I went from making seventy seventy four thousand seventy six thousand dollars to making fourteen, so I took a massive financial blow as well. Uh, did you know,
1: but did you know that was going to be part of getting to the next level? I guess yeah. like that had to be a strategic, knowing you, you're a very strategic man. I've heard you talk a time. Yeah. Is that, was that all strategy though?
2: It was no, it was that it goes hand in hand with what Pawpaw and neighbors would say the delayed gratification that, and I did, I, I sat there and I, well, I had a heart attack at 29. We missed that little part too. I, I'm sitting there as a high school coach and, I have a genetic defect in my heart that caused a heart attack at 29. And it was Ooh. like, man, life is short. 29. So I'm not going to sit around and, and do something that's not my dream. You know, coaching in college was always my dream. I wanted to play in college. I wasn't good enough. So I said, if I'm going to do this, I got to go for it. And and I did. I sat down. I, I looked at the Arkansas teacher's pay and said, okay, if I keep keep coaching high school basketball for the next 40 years, this is how much money I'm going to make. And if I would, if I take a fifty-eight thousand dollar pay cut this year and next, but somewhere down the line, I I'm gonna do better. Um, and people say you're not supposed to make uh, decisions for money, and and that's fine for some people, but in my situation, it was important um, to the people I was around, the people I was supporting, my family. So I needed to make a little bit of money, and it wasn't gonna happen being a high school coach in the state of Arkansas, which is we all know it's not the the highest paid district for state for state for coat for high school teachers. I think, right. I don't think everybody ought to make a million dollars a year for what they do, but that's not mm-hmm. the way the system set up, but it was strategic. And I, and I knew going backwards was, was part of it, but it didn't make it any less hard, you know, going from making, you know, enough money to not making enough. I mean, my paycheck wasn't even four figures, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I was making three figures a month. So but it was all work. Three-figure paycheck. There you go. Yeah. I, I, most months, I'd bring home $644. I remember it like it was yesterday. But but oh, it was my. that was part of the – that was what it was going to take. I, I Part I of the grind. I, I didn't play. I didn't, you know, ride a, a player. I didn't offer one – I had some good players, but I never said, hey, you got to hire me to get your player. That wasn't the way I wanted I was going to do it through uh, relationships and then just try to work as hard as I could at – being the best Diet Coke driver, car driver, um, pass list, turner, or enter, um, whatever they asked me to do, I tried to. It was a great time to be here, too, because you had, you know, Vic Schaefer's his assistant coach, who, you know, I I would, I would just watch Vic break down tape and do scouting reports and run practice. and
1: learned a lot, yeah.
2: <clears throat> Amber Shirey was here, and, you know, I learned from her how to, Organize and do behind the scenes and do things, make yourself invaluable. Kelly Bond was a very young and up and coming recruiter, so I got to see how her mind worked. And, and I just was around a lot of great people that uh in all the other sports too. There were a number of Shauna Estes was here at the time, you know, yeah. as an up and coming player and a young coach. So we were just around a lot of real a really cool group of people at that time that um got a chance to learn from. That's awesome.
0: How many years did it take to get back into the coaching or assistant coaching part of things?
2: So I was with Coach Blair for that year. And then the summer of the next year, um, there was a coach at Tulsa who I got to know through Coach Blair's golf tournament. Uh, And she had a job opening at the University of Tulsa. Her name was Kathy Miller. Uh, And I'd literally just written her a handwritten note saying, thank you for playing in our golf tournament when she had a job opening come up and she liked my handwriting and he said, Hey, let's find out more what this guy's about. I'm serious. I'm de- I've had three jobs because of my handwriting. Um, and, and it's pretty, I, I have, I have good handwriting for a guy. That's what everybody says. But, right. Okay. My grandmother was an English teacher. We used to have handwriting contests, but so two years yeah. to answer your question, two years. Okay. Uh, and I went over there as, uh, a, a young assistant or a new, not young anymore. I was starting to get a little bit older, but uh, my first um, full-time job as a, a coach was at the University of Tulsa.
0: Was your first head coaching job Washington?
2: Yeah, it was. That's sport So you fast forward 14 years later, you know, you moved from Tulsa to Colorado. That coach, my, the coach I was with at Tulsa got the job at Colorado. I went out there with her. I came back here for a year with Susie Gardner for one year and that's when I um, a friend of mine Kevin McGuff I had a job at Xavier University and that was where he started really all these other coaches coach Gardner and coach McConnell and coach Blair helped me be an assistant coach but um coach McGuff Kevin really started telling me you can be a head coach if you really want to and these are some things you need to start doing and I took his advice and followed I worked with him at at Xavier for, for four years and we had really good teams there and then he got the job at Washington I wanted the job at Xavier really badly I, that was probably the first head coaching job that I really felt like I deserved and and had a <laughs> it shot to get and was devastated when I did not almost I almost quit I almost didn't even move to Washington I thought about staying here and doing something different with my life but Kevin convinced me to move to Seattle and uh, two years later, he got his dream job at Ohio state. And I was kind of right place, right time guy. Uh, the 80 at Washington really thought I had done some good things there. And he gave me a shot with no, no head coaching experience to take over, um, Washington. Okay. Time out. Did you say that you came back here for a year? I was here with coach Gardner for, yeah, for, for a year. I had no, like, I did not know that. that was some... Yeah. I I was at Colorado and, we were recruiting uh, a couple of kids from Arkansas and having some success, and I think, I think she thought we could, and we did. We ended up getting Whitney and committed here and uh, okay. stayed here for that year. And then when she resigned, uh, was kind of a little bit in limbo. I, I stayed with Coach Collin. Uh, this is a little side note. I talked Coach Collin. I've talked about it on a podcast one time, but I stayed with Coach Collin for two weeks. Um, he didn't think his whole staff was coming with him from Louisville. When he took the job, uh, he thought they one of them would probably get the job at Louisville and a couple of them would stay. So he was like, hey, just hang out for a couple of weeks. I think I'm going to have something. Um, and I really liked Tom. I, I knew he was going to do a good job. So I stuck around for a couple of weeks thinking I could get a coaching job. And then all of a sudden his whole staff came with him. And uh, there wasn't an on-floor re- uh, coach coaching job at this point. And uh, my buddy Kevin called me and he had a not only a – a job, but a good job. Uh, mm-hmm. Xavier, he had just, he had just got that thing rolling and I, I got in there at the right time to be able to be a part of the success he built. All right. uh, so we went to, we won four straight league championships and went to the elite eight and had really good success there. Got to coach a lot of great players. And he, like I said, he, he kind of started pushing me to do some head coaching things and you know, timing worked out great, but yeah, I, I've, so between my, my seven years, here is as this undergrad, which is a lot, but um
1: I got uh, six, so it's all right.
2: Okay. How many hours <laughs> you, we may we may have to check. You may be close to my hours. Yeah. I only have I only have one degree though. How many do you have? One. Oh good. I read that the six year one degree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I I uh I super got a lot of senior. Super,
1: uh, super Yes senior,
2: exactly. Yeah. COVID senior. Yeah, yeah Yeah. yeah. I, so I've I've worked here three three separate occasions. I'll tell you this. I'm going to tell you how good our, our parking department is. When I came back and took the head coaching job here in 17, when I went to get my parking pass, they hit me for about 60 bucks in parking fees when I was a student. Yeah. <laughs> you had them.
0: Transit is not my friend either.
2: They had me, man. I, I just didn't even argue. I said, great work. Y'all earned this 60 bucks. Keep it <laughs> Keeping up with those records since <laughs> since 96, I said, here's gladly wow. in, in interest. Great job. Well done. Incredible.
1: Yeah. it out your
2: paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. I, first time I had enough money to pay for it. <laughs> was, was the head coach at the University of Arkansas a dream job? And when did yeah. that become your dream job? At what point? It was always that. It was always Arkansas. And, and I knew <laughs> I couldn't get it. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to leave. I, it didn't matter how many state championships I won at Bentonville, they weren't going to, I wasn't going to replace Gary Blair. So I knew right. I was going to have to jump into coaching and I knew, you know, it was, you're going to have to move around. I, I, you have to make a geography sacrifice, a family sacrifice or, a, or a financial one. I had to do all three. That's how bad I was, but I had to make all three of those sacrifices and move around. Uh, but I, every decision I ever made, I, I one of the last filters I would run it through would be, does this help me someday be a a, a viable candidate at Arkansas? You know, me going (laughs) here, does that, you know, like, you know, Coach Blair offered to hire me uh, one time at Texas A&M and Vic, when Vic got the job at Mississippi state, I could have gone there, but it was like, (laughs) if I go to Mississippi state, is Arkansas really going to hire me back? I mean, within the league, that's, you know, that's kind of a hard thing to do. So and yeah, I, I strategically that. tried to make every move, improve my, uh, you know, I, I wanted the job when, when Jeff Long hired Jimmy Dykes. they interviewed me. I interviewed for it. Oh, uh, really? I, I did. Yeah. They, they flew out. I was at Washington. I just finished my first year there. And I, I I probably wasn't probably wasn't ready to be the head coach at Arkansas at that time, but it worked out it, fine. I got, I gained a lot more experience, but you know, they hired coach Dykes instead. And, then weren't you like brutally honest too when you got hired at Washington? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you've done your homework. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, they they asked me at the press conference, "Is this your dream job?" And I said, well, "Wait, can you clarify that question?" They're like, well, "What do you mean?" <laughs> I said, "I said it is a dream to be a head coach." I right. said, but I'm, I'm anybody that does their research knows that Arkansas is my dream job. I've stated you it too many it. times publicly." I say it in clinics. I write it in articles. I, there's an art author now called Ray Dalio who wrote a book called principles. And I didn't know the book went out at this time, but he says, when you, when you state something, you'd be specific with it. So I said, I didn't want, I just didn't want to be a head coach anywhere. I wanted to be the head coach at Arkansas. So and you said it. You to know. I did, I said it and I said, and like I said, it, it didn't endear me very much up there. And <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I know when they have that Final Four team back, they, they won't invite me, and that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's unless Plum, maybe Plum will put her foot down and say we're not happy if if he doesn't come. I don't know. I think she probably will. But You
0: think, you think she'll fight for
2: you? I think she'll fight for me. Yeah, I think <laughs> she'll fight for me. But, I, I mean, it was, again, i just, when you have a heart attack at 29, you, you kind of take on a different perspective. And I'm not telling you I haven't told a lie since 29, because I have. But I haven't told very many, and I yeah. haven't told I haven't told any that I think. I mean, I have told somebody they look good in the shirt, or yeah, looks yeah, good on that. you, or something like that. But I've I've never substantially told a huge lie uh, after that because it's just not, and it's just too hard to live in that world. So again, I whether I, y'all hear me talk about my pawpaw neighbors all the time, but he he always said, you know, it's better to be love for who you are than love for somebody or hated for who you are than love for something you're not so just you know be here you're be here you're gonna be and if if people don't like it then there's a reason but you know you you need to know when to shift you need to know when to keep your mouth shut not tell the truth you you only you only tell the truth to people that you trust and that trust you and until they trust you you know you don't give any opinion that's how I tell people all the time. If you want to know if I trust you, ask me my opinion on something. If you get the truth, you know, I trust you. <laughs> if you get some hodgepodge answer that, you know, it's not really critiquing your efforts, then then I probably don't care what you think.
0: Yeah. So looking at your guitar back there, where did music pop into all this?
2: Um, River City. Uh, it's above what used to be Doc Murdoch's. It's a skating rink now. I think it's... Uh, uh skating rink here it used to be a place called river city i was on a date uh with a, a girl in college and we went to see a, a band and i won't say the name of the band because the guy is still around um and she thought he was it man she was enamored with the guitarist and i didn't think he was very hot or very good at guitar <laughs> but about two weeks later they were dating so oh, no. was like um
1: so you say, you got
2: to do that. I'm going like, if, if, if that's all it takes, so I've, I've <laughs> sold some baseball cards and went to a pawn shop up in Springdale and bought a guitar uh, and started my dad, my stepdad, who I call my father, but he's my stepdad. He played a little bit. Every time I would go home for Christmas, he'd teach me a chord. And I started banging around on that in, in college. Got good enough in college to play a few campfire songs with the guys. But then when YouTube came out, and you know, you can look, you can literally type in "teach me how to play this song" on YouTube, and you can set right in front of the, the the camera and learn how to play it. So, uh, I just started hanging around ever since I lost the girl to uh, the band guy, and I've gotten progressively better at it over the years. I'm still not very good. I'm good enough. <laughs> to- you playing
1: with a band though. You I set in with a,
2: with a lot of bands. Yeah, I've, i No, right I'm talking with- about the University
1: of Arkansas band.
2: I played with the Arkansas band yeah. a few years ago. We played a little. Played a little journey at the game, a little way you want it. Uh, but, yeah, I set in with four or five different bands. Uh, I played with some – That's fun. I got to play with Flatland Calvary the other night backstage. and Oh, you still so, do like, it? Oh, no, yeah, I, I still play. I played last I played last Saturday night uh, with Flatland Calvary after the show for probably about 30 minutes. It was great. Uh, <laughs> nice. Was yeah, bad. every
0: single game on SEC Network at halftime, they show the clip of the country songs and oh. the – with the guess. girls yeah,
2: yeah. That, that's getting overplayed yeah that, <laughs> that's getting over but i'm good enough that you can you can pick out a few songs and you know you probably probably do a little name that tune karaoke behind me but i i'm not uh, i'm not giving up my day job although i, I, I you know it's funny because all the musicians i've met they all want to be coaches you know and i think a lot of us coaches would trade jobs with those musicians too. life on the road and the excitement and the rush but the rush of playing up on stage in front of a crowd—it's <clears throat> addicting. Uh, oh, I, sure. I see why they get. I see why artists are. I uh, love what they do so much. I just, like I said, I'm just not talented. I'm good enough to bang around, but not, not good enough to, to make it, a, make any money doing it.
0: You yeah, go on tour?
2: Oh no, uh-uh. <laughs> nobody'd pay. I'd, I'd be, I'd be really broke. Back to three, back to three, three hundred dollars a month maybe. <laughs>
1: this might be a random question, but That's like I'm you sure. said, I, I did my homework and you had an interesting look on what goals are yeah. and how you changed it. Goals versus standards. Can you explain that? Cause that one, that like kind of blew my mind.
2: Yeah. I grew up, I grew up being a goal setter. You know, I, our coaches, all, everybody, all my family goals are so important and you need to write them down and they need to be stretched and you need to be able to measure them and they need to be attainable. And I mean, I knew everything there was to know about goals and I, they were a huge part of my personal life and, and professional life. And at, at the moment that it hit me was we were at the university of Washington and mm-hmm. our team goal was to go to the NCAA tournament because they hadn't been in a long time and we made it and yeah. we were setting on the, the 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 press conference and I had four seniors and Kelsey Plum up there with me. That was our starters, and every one of my seniors, uh, <clears throat> we're so glad to be here. We can't wait to play. <clears throat> this is a dream come true.
1: We, we worked our goal. so
2: hard to get here. <clears throat> and Plum leans over and she goes, "We're getting ready to get our ass kicked," <laughs> <laughs> and she was right. We did. We were the higher, We were a better seed. She was right because we'd reached our goal. Our goal was to get yeah. there. Our goal never said anything whatsoever about going beyond it. Yeah. So that hit me in the face. Well, then that summer, a book lands in my lap by a very at this point in time, a very unknown author <clears throat> named Josh Metcalf and Jamie Gilbert co-wrote this boat book. It's called Burn Your Goals. And it just was like perfect timing. I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second, these guys are onto something because what they said, <clears throat> standards are goals, but they go a step further and that they don't limit you like goals can.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: it did. And like it had done to us. Yeah. All year long. I mean, we, you know how it is as a team. You have mottos, you have on the back of t-shirts, you have it in your locker room, NCAA tournament or bust or whatever. Well, so that next year we went all the way through the exercise <clears throat> and there, the conversation in the locker room was – Well, we ought to go to, we ought to win a game next year. Let's, let's write it down. Let's win a game. And I said, well, is that stretched enough? And Plum goes, no, let's go to the Sweet 16. Let's go two steps further, which sounded great. But all along, I'd had this book in my back pocket. I knew what I was going to do. As soon as we wrote all those goals down, I set them in the trash can and I set them on fire. I I burned them, which you should not do in a team locker room at a state university. I learned fire hazard, big time, in trouble there. And the Back trun- in statute of
1: limitation. I think you're good.
2: I'm Well, I think I had to pay for part of the, the fine. Uh, the, the sprinklers went off and it ruined our carpet. But I think they took it out of my check. But nonetheless, it was worth it, again, because the visual was – I don't know if you can see, but I've got a picture of Mr. Miyagi over here from Karate Kid on my wall, because that was a moment that was very visual. It was a wax on wax off moment, you know? So Mm -hmm. the team said, well, what are we doing? I said, well, how about we, we just get rid of these goals and instead let's focus on all these different areas. And we had standards, how we were going to practice, how we're going to lift weights, how we're going to sleep. And let's just hold each other accountable to these standards and let's see how far we go. So sure enough, that's the year we went to the final four. So you You change the goals to standards and it makes
1: all the difference.
2: And, and, and we have not gone back since in, and it's just the simple answer is, you know, standards are really goals, but they're mm-hmm. not limiting goals are great and you need to have them and it's okay to write them down, but like, you've got to find a way to not let it limit you. And that's, that's to me what standards do. Um, and they, maybe you can work them hand in hand, but I think you've got to focus on what you're going to do every single day. And then, then you really, you break it down another step and you say, okay, well, what behaviors are we going to display to fulfill these standards? Not qualities, but everybody goes hard work. Okay. Well, what does hard work mean? It means this. And you st- you talk about this the behaviors you have to have to give evidence of what hard work is. So um, I don't know. I, it's like I say, it's not for everybody, but it works for us and the way we build things. And I think really? our kids, carry it on. I've got a lot. Now, I've, you know, this is my 10th year as a head coach. So I've got kids who are getting on with their lives and they're like, coach, I I still use standards in my company and in our business and in, in what I do. And so it was very fortunate that we found that I found that book from Josh and Jamie. I've become good friends with those guys because it, it really did change the trajectory of my thinking uh, and change some things that we did.
0: Yeah. So Kelsey was one of those kind of like career changing for you players, completely changed the yep. way your head kind of works.
2: No <laughs> question. Yeah. No, she. Um, you know, I, I keep talking about things in my office. You keep putting, it, but this is on my desk because so she sent me a text. It says, "You stay, I stay." I'm talking about it at Washington. Right. Wow. So like. What a yeah, cool. That was, what that a was cool. Her way. saying she got her letter of intent back. She's an incoming freshman. She could have gone anywhere in the country. <clears throat> and, you know, I had, we always laugh and talk about it. What would have happened if I hadn't have stayed at Washington? I don't know. We, 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 laugh about it all the time.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. But,
2: but yeah, no. And she had to put up with me. I, I didn't, I made a bunch of mistakes and we learned together. We spent four years, all four of her years there were my four years. And we had other players too. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't just, but she's kind of the one that's still playing. Yeah, uh, Chantel's yeah, gone on to be a great coach and somebody that I've had on my staff, somebody that really and Heather Corral was on that team. that was that I've hired as a, a player. So, uh, but yeah, Kelsey was a kid that, uh, you know, if she doesn't come to Washington. Who knows? You know, yeah. I, I, this this job might not have happened. Probably wouldn't have happened. I mean, let's be 100 percent honest.
0: And then. <laughs> You've had Chelsea and Destiny here go to the WNBA. What was it like having Chelsea back, back around in Fayetteville a couple weeks ago?
2: It was fun. I got to take her over to walk-ons and show her her spot up there on the mural oh, uh, yeah? at walk-ons. And I'm like, you, you realize tour. you're next to Dmac and Stacey <laughs> Lewis? Uh, you're next to the I and Corliss. I yeah. said, he her, you, were, you were next to the Icons. So it was great having her back. Uh, I, ha- I always hate playing games against people that you've got relationships with. It makes mm-hmm. the games hard, but to see the fans respond to her and her interact and uh, it, you know, it, it's a proud Papa moment type thing. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was awesome. And she's treated my two youngest kids, Barrett and Bowen, like little brothers. In fact, she always brings McGill. It says little bro. So um, oh, bro. it's really, really, I'm proud of her and for her.
0: This season so far, the girls are 12-0, and 0, ranked 21. How big has Chrissy Carr been out of the transfer portal for you guys?
2: Well, you know, we we're not going to go into the transfer portal. We had kind of, again, I'm a little bit of a contrarian uh, in all aspects of life. And everybody talking about how the portal, you know, you have to have it. I, I, didn't, I don't know that that was the case. Mm-hmm. But when Sasha stepped away, from basketball unexpectedly, we had a void, uh, we had a leadership. We had an upperclassman void. We had a position void. Uh, we had a lot and in talking to my returning players, uh, they all agreed we needed somebody, but it needed to be the right person. It didn't and player, but, but, but a a combination of both, they had to understand who we were and what, how we did things. And then also fill that role that we needed. So, we were very, very specific. Was very lucky that my wife had been an assistant coach at Kansas State when Chrissy played there, so we had a connection. Um, so it was an easy phone call and an easy trip down. Showed her what was important, and and obviously her coming in it, it filled a void that would have it, it, we couldn't have uh, with okay. somebody that was on our roster. We'd have been taking somebody out of their their role. Yeah. And trying to make them something maybe that they weren't. So <clears throat> she's been she's been great. It's a hard thing to do to come in and be here for seven months and make an impact, but I, I think she has. It's still a work in progress. Uh she's still learning some things, but she's she's a very mature kid. She's she's easy to coach. Uh, and I think our, our, our kids as a group have done a great job opening their arms to her and welcoming her in, uh, at the same time helping her be a part of what they've helped establish here. So, mm-hmm. we're continuing to grow. We're not there yet. I mean, we've we've had good success. The The schedule's obviously getting ready to flip around on us a little bit here with our next three games all being against ranked opponents. And then we jump into the SEC right off the bat with LSU. So, our next four mm-hmm. games will be – we'll be an underdog. You know, we'll be a 12-0 and 0 ranked team, <laughs> but we'll still be an underdog uh, in, our, in our next four games. That's wild. It, it is, but good. it's cool. It's cool. We're ready for it.
0: Oh yeah, um yeah. You guys are traveling to Creighton Saturday, and then San Diego, and then finally back home. How 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 do we keep up this level of play through all of that?
2: I think it goes back to something we kind of segue. Just play to that same standard we've been playing to. You yeah. know, make the right, de- yeah, make the right decisions at the right time, and and know it's going to be harder. We're gonna we're gonna face uh, deeper, more experienced teams. Creighton went to the Elite Eight last year. Uh, on the women's side, they've got everybody back, and they've added a few pieces. So Ooh, know, we'll, be a, we'll be a major underdog in Omaha on on Saturday. But uh, we just got to keep, again, focusing on every single possession's got the same value. No possession's worth more than another or any more important. Uh, and, again, when we do that, the result will take care of itself. Um, but I, I think if we keep doing what we've got started, uh, the results are going to – yeah you know, we're not going undefeated. let's let's be honest. there's this that's just not going to happen. Um, but I'd like for us to try to be you know yeah. I'd like for us to prepare to be and hope to be, but that's not our focus that that is not even uh, the record is not anything we ever really talk about. It's how well did we play and how efficient are we being. So I think not letting some of those rankings and some of that talk because we weren't that's ranking. Right. Yeah, What's I was up? wondering
1: about it. Uh, does the uh, does the O by your name, the twelve and O, Cause do y'all talk about that at all?
2: Not really. I mean, I I think it's it's ridiculous to think that the kids don't see it. I mean, we all have social media and it's there, and we know what the right. rankings are about. So I don't, I don't think you should ever hide from it. But I, I want them to understand that. Um, it, it can be, was it Nick Saban that called it rat poison? I think it's, that was a pretty good analogy, uh, a pretty good use of the, the, uh, the language. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think they really dwelled on it. I really don't, but I, I know good. they know it's there. Yeah.
0: They That's seem good. to be firing. Like everyone just seems to be firing on all cylinders right now and connecting and working yeah. together and doing their jobs. And it's really fun to watch.
2: Yeah, their roles are have been identified. They, for the most part, accepted the majority of their roles and fulfilled them. And you know, like we all know the times coming. We're going to face adversity, and we'll see how we react. Then, it's easy to it's easy to have energy and like each other when you're winning. It gets yeah. a hard when when you start when, when stuff doesn't go your way, and that's kind of the measure of who we are. What how do we react to each other, and how do we <clears throat> respond when things don't go our way? So I'm anxious to see where do we have that in us. Not all teams do. Uh, we've had some moments that have been very adverse and we've gotten through it, but yeah, you know, we, over the course, that's the thing about basketball. You know, I talk to coaches in other sports and you know, thirty, 31 games, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. It is hard to stay razor sharp for 31 games. Yeah. Without having a let down. And um, so I, you know, but I do, like you said, I don't honestly don't think we've played as good as we can either. Um, we've had nights when people had good nights, but, I still think Saylor's got a better shooting night in her. I think Chrissy's got one. I think Sam can get more free throws. I think Matt can do the better defense. I think every single person has something. They feel like they can do better mm-hmm. still. And we haven't played our, our best big game all together at the same night. And quite frankly, I don't want that to happen until March. We've been peaking a little bit too early the last few years uh, here. I think that's my fault because – I didn't really adjust our schedule to the first four years I was at Washington. Um, so we started later this year. We, we, we started two weeks later than we've ever started. And, and I think hopefully that'll keep us fresh and hopefully peaking at the right time this year instead of in late February.
1: So you're saying that everybody knows the roles. Can I, can we get into the terms that you use the dragon, the rabbit? Yeah, We can do that real
2: quick and we can wrap this Uh, thing up, but
1: so, so explain that.
2: Um, it all became <clears throat> when I was an assistant coach. the The question you always get asked when you go into a home with parents and players and recruits is, "How do you see me fitting into your team? You know, where, what, what, what position do you see me playing on the floor?" <clears throat> and you know, everybody will always say this, "Oh, you're going to be a great point guard, or you're going to be a great two guard, or whatever." Oh, yeah. And and who knows what that means? So I said, "We're we're going to change the names up." So. I remember I had the conversation with Plum. I said, you're going to be the best racker that's ever played in this game. She rack. went, what?
1: The hell's said, a racker? Be best <laughs> racker
2: ever. She goes, the hell's that? Yeah. So I got to tell her what it was. I got to explain to her exactly what we were going to ask of her. So when I talk to a player, I say, you're going to be a lock, or you're going to be a dragon, or, you're going to be a rabbit. And they they don't know what that means. They don't have any preconceived notion of, I mean, like it's football. Hey, you're going to be our quarterback. Okay. Well, that means we run it or throw it. Who knows? Yeah. We if, are we going to? Who knows what that, you're going to be our shortstop. Okay. Well, where am I going to hit? Are you going to ask me to buy? I mean, just any sport you want to go to. Mm-hmm. So, and I also wanted it just to be different. I, 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 I don't want us to be a cookie cutter exactly like everybody else.
1: Same My players too, at
2: Washington mm-hmm. actually name came up with the names. Oh, okay.
1: I Very let good. them okay.
2: yeah. So like Chantel Osahor invented the word dragon. Um it was about the time Game of Thrones was coming out and dragons were really cool, you know. And still okay. uh, are really
1: cool. Dragons will always
2: be cool. All, dragons will always be cool. And you're the last <laughs> face, so you you drag across half court, you do so she came up with dragon and Katie Collier came up with Rabbit. Uh and that's the rebounder, right?
1: Is that uh, what
2: that is? Yeah, but it's also the person that runs in transition and hides in holes. That was one thing Amina Williams said. Oh, as as I like feel like I'm hiding in holes. Um, you know, you got to have big ears because you got to really – they just – they come up with all these little things now that they used to, f- to fit it. Um, but I, I don't know. I just – people – it makes it ours. You know, that's and an I know – That's an interesting pitch.
1: Yeah, that's why because everybody will come in with the same pitch. This is what you'll do. You'll be a point guard. You'll – and you already know that, but it's like I'll be a rabbit.
2: I'll be a yeah. rabbit of Arkansas. What are you That's talking about? about man? What are you yeah. talking? And I get to explain. I get to be it. a dragon. <laughs> yeah, they get to, and you get to explain it, and and you. It's and you define
1: it yourself. You get to define yes.
2: it. absolutely, absolutely. So, and I don't know. I mean, it's I, I don't mm-hmm. mind being called a contrarian. I'm fine with that. It means I've thought through things. But honestly, too, want people know I'm I'm telling them the truth. I, I've thought through this we are a little bit different if you come here we're gonna do a lot of things differently not everything I mean I mean I'm not just gonna all of a sudden if if you say red I say white or I'm not that big of a contrarian but <clears throat> I am not one that thinks you have to do something like everybody else does for it to be the best way really? uh, our way is the best way and it's the only thing I know to believe in and teach and I can't sell I can't go to a clinic. And, and you know coach must runs so many great actions but i can't teach that because that's not me yeah and, right. and he's so active on social media with his team that's not me i'm going to post pictures of my kids doing stuff that's me yeah so, back to that quote you said better
1: to be loved for who you yeah. are than hated for who you are not
2: yeah yeah i love that quote yeah and it's you know and that's that's just the way it is and um everybody's different there's a lot of different ways to do this i Coach Musk and I, we could not be more diametrically opposed, but it works for each of us. And I think that's what coaching is about, and finding what works for each kid and, and to get the best version of themselves. He does it with his team, and I think we do it with ours. And we have the same strategy but different tactics. Right. You know, and and I think that's, I know, that's what makes sports great, in my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Cindy, do you have anything?
0: I don't think so. We're excited to to get to watch all the. There's some serious competition coming up. Oh it'll yeah, be really exciting to watch.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're looking forward to the challenge. Oh, yeah. I like a million more things, but I'm gonna let it go. And maybe <laughs> next time we, well, can, we can get into it. Hopefully, hopefully this is the debut, but not the only. No, not the only appearance oh. ever. And there we go. Uh, mm-hmm. I love go. the name of your podcast. Running through the A is. <laughs> that's a big one. That's, that's, that means something to all of us that have been fans for a long time. So, thank well, you. Well named and, and good luck in all you do. But just let me know. We can continue anytime y'all want to. Perfect. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank so you much. got it.
1: All right. Have a good one. All right. Have a good right. one.